Hi everyone, Chris here from the Geology Podcast Network. Have you ever stared out your window and wondered what interesting secrets lay just beneath the surface? Don't let the Kentucky bluegrass and geraniums fool you. There's exciting geology even in your backyard. In this podcast, we explore the amazing discoveries and geologic events that happened right in someone's backyard. As a child, I remember seeing the beginning scene of the TV show Beverly Hillbillies, when Jed Clampett, in an attempt to shoot some dinner, struck oil with his 12-gauge. Come and listen to my story about a man named Jed. A poor mountaineer barely kept his family fed. And then one day he was shooting at some food, and up through the ground come a bubbling crew. For years, I thought that an oil reservoir was like a balloon of thin rock filled to nearly bursting. And all it took was knowing where to put the straw so that you could suck all the oil up. I was under the impression that once you'd emptied out all the oil, a sinkhole would appear. And then on a trip to Southern California, it made me so nervous to see oil pump jacks next to apartment buildings, thinking that eventually all these houses would be swallowed up in a sinkhole once oil extraction was completed. My childhood naivete was eventually rectified by my 7th grade science teacher, Mrs. Pierce, who taught me that oil exists in the space between sand grains and not as a giant subterranean balloon. However, the fanciful story of the Beverly Hillbillies wasn't that far off the mark, and indeed, some people have struck oil in their backyards while digging a hole. But finding oil is rarely an accidental event as it was for Pa Clampett. For hundreds of years, exploration of everything from water, gemstone, grave sites, and oil was done by dowsing. What is dowsing, you say? Well, dowsing is a type of divination where an individual uses a stick or a rod held gently in the hand, and as the dowser walks around, it is said that the dowsing rod will point in the direction of the underground resource of interest. Although multiple scientific studies have tested the concept of dowsing, it is currently considered to be nothing more than pseudoscience. However, this does not deter the steadfast dowsers who swear that dowsing has led them to their coveted black gold. The oil dowsers of Kentucky use an array of unique tools from a split willow branch to plumb bobs or door springs to whirligigs all of which have the same purpose, to point the prospector to oil. Although Kentucky is well known for being a major player in the U.S. coal mining industry, the state also boasts reserves of 9 million barrels of crude oil. The unique thing about the oil in Kentucky and for all of the petroleum in the Appalachians is the relatively restricted nature of the reservoirs. Due to the intense deformation that occurred during the Allegheny and Orogeny, along with the deeply eroded nature of the Appalachian Mountains, the underground reservoirs are often left small and orphaned. This means that many large oil companies aren't attracted to these areas as the payout would be relatively small. However, this isn't the case for the small producers where 10,000 barrels of oil from a single well would yield an absolute fortune to a mom-and-pop operation in the hollows of Kentucky. 
For the past 20 years, Kentucky has produced on average about 2,500 barrels of oil per day from over 500 wells. The median oil production rate of a Kentucky well is about 0.87 barrels per day. Now, in contrast, the Eagle Ford Shell of Texas produces 1.34 million barrels per day. Now, although there may seem to be a large discrepancy, you might ask, why would the Kentuckians even bother drilling for oil? Well, once you have drilled an oil well, it doesn't take much to just keep those oil wells pumping out oil. And so the the costs are relatively low, such that 0.87 barrels per day is economically viable for these small operations. All of the oil in Kentucky as well as throughout the Appalachians, come from early Paleozoic strata. The source rocks were deposited along the Laurentian continental margins in between the rifting of the supercontinent of Rodinia and the assembly of the supercontinent of Pangaea. The shallow to deep marine rocks were full of plankton and algae that were buried faster than they can decompose. This led to sedimentary rocks that were extremely rich in organic content. And as these organic-rich rocks were buried deeper and deeper, that organic content morphed into a waxy substance known as kerogen. As the kerogen is buried deeper, the Earth's natural internal heat elevates the temperature of the kerogen until crossing a point when it starts to break down to form hydrocarbons. We call the range of temperatures where kerogen cracks into oil and natural gas as the petroleum window. For oil, this window is between around 60 to 120 degrees Celsius. Once the oil is formed, it's often expunged from the source rocks into the pore space of a reservoir rock like a sandstone. Here, the oil stays until some intrepid oil dowser stumbles across some delicious crude. On the other side of the USA, there is one place that stands as the epitome of backyard oil. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, this is Los Angeles. Although your first thought of Los Angeles is likely to be more associated with Mickey Mouse than it is with Texas tea, the City of Angels actually has a long history of drilling oil in people's backyards. On the 23rd of June, 1921, Wildcat prospectors drilled a well on Signal Hill just north of Long Beach. The natural gas pressure was so great that it caused a fountain of oil to burst over 30 meters into the air. The discovery of oil at Signal Hill ushered in a veritable black gold rush. Oil derricks were erected as fast as the trees could be milled, with every available piece of land on and around Signal Hill being claimed. Within a year, many referred to the area as Porcupine Hill, given how many oil derricks had been erected. Of course, Signal Hill was also a residential area with hundreds of homes. And even the local cemetery was lined with derricks, prompting some companies to write royalty checks to the next of kin when oil was discovered from beneath the family plots. The L.A. oil rush went far beyond just the drilling at Signal Hill, with drill sites all over the region, including right down to the water's edge at Venice Beach. To this day, drilling and production operations continue in Los Angeles. 
some of the drilling activities are in full view of the public. The Signal Hill McDonald's actually has a pump jack right in the parking lot. But some of these sites have also been camouflaged to hide the oil derricks and drilling sites. Some companies have built large facades to make the drill rig look like an innocuous office building or even an old-fashioned watchtower. Although California is producing nearly 10% of all of the oil in the U.S., drilling activities in close proximity to residential areas has also come with its fair share of issues. Numerous localities have reported tainted water supplies. Emissions from drilling activities have been linked with an increased incidence in asthma and possible increase in cancer risk. However, there is hope. Although petroleum production is likely to play a role in California's future for decades to come, there are numerous efforts in the works to lessen the state's dependence on this double-edged commodity. In 2018, an estimated 34% of California's electricity came from renewable energy, up from 11% in 2000, and is set to overtake natural gas as the number one producer of electricity in the next few years. I, for one, am optimistic that the energy future is bright and full of opportunities. Speaking of opportunities, I'm excited to announce a new web series called Geology for Our Future. In this web series, Megan Z explores humanity's complex relationship with mining, society, and our technologically advanced civilization. You can watch Geology for Our Future on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Head over to the Traveling Geologist social media pages to check it out. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends, students, and professors. Backyard Geology is part of the Geology Podcast Network and is sponsored by Traveling Geologists.